Hey, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of The Vault. I am Anthony. I'm Chris. Yeah, and uh, Chris, how you doing, man? I heard you got some uh, exciting news for us. Man, yeah, you know, I I finally, um, we have increased our family by one, by one child. Um, sweet Lily Bell was born January 19th, um, 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was born at 11.58 a.m. And she is now, according to, you know, by this episode, she is one week old. So it's her one week birthday, I guess you could say. <clears throat> hmm. That's uh well, that's awesome, man. How did uh yeah, how did it all go? Did it go smooth? Uh, so, um, so this time, uh, so you know, I've I have two other kids. So mm-hmm. Ange wanted to my my wife Ange, she wanted to do a natural birth this time. So we were like, all right, cool, you know, um, we're not gonna do a epidural. Uh, you know, we're we're just gonna do pain meds. Um, that's pretty much it. So. We went in strong and stuff. And then, um, you know, labor started, you know, happening and labor got like really intense. Like it was lasting for about, uh, I don't know, excuse me if I'm wrong, but labor was lasting for at least, I'd say, eight hours or whatever. Um, And it didn't seem like things were progressing how they were supposed to. So. At one point, you know, Ange kind of just broke down and she was like, I don't know if I can do it. You know, something just isn't right. So, you know, I, I asked her, I was like, are you going to be happy with yourself if you get an epidural? Because you said you wanted to do this one naturally. And she mm-hmm. said, you know, I, I think it's the right thing to do because it just doesn't feel right. So got the epidural. And after that, um, let's see, it was only maybe about two hours later, um, con- you know, heavy contraction started. And then she was only pushing for six minutes. and Lily Bell popped out. And um, so, yeah, so then we spent a few days in the hospital to make sure things were correct. Uh, we, we were dealing with some jaundice um, uh, issues or whatever, but things started clearing up uh, pretty well. And Lily is healthy and Angie's healthy, too. So I couldn't have asked for anything else. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of how it went. I, you know, sleep in the hospital wasn't the best, of course. You know, they always check on you and things like that. but um, they always disrupting that, your sleep yeah man it's it's almost a nightmare but um besides that everything went well so uh yeah we're happy mm-hmm. and that's 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 how that went so it feels good this is our last child um Angie's getting a tubal done so at you know no more kids after this we're we're finished so so when you had that conversation, you were the classic one. It was the classic situation where you're like, uh, nah, I ain't doing it. That that's on so, you. So we we actually <laughs> talked about we actually talked about it and we talked to other people about it. And right. vasectomies, most of the people that we talked to, the men that got vasectomies, they they ended up having a kid one year, five years, ten years down the road. Okay. Um so we figured that it would be best for her to get a tubal done because um, I think out of all the people we talked to, only one person had a kid after a tubal. So that seemed better than the five or, you know, however many got, you know, men we talked to about vasectomies. We, we were like, we're, we are done, finished. We don't, we don't want anymore. Okay. All right. Understandable. Yeah. 
Because I know usually okay. when it's that conversation, guys are like, oh, I don't want to touch down there. And they I usually... mean, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, you know, like if, if it came down to it, you know, I, I definitely would have, you know, because, you know, we, we just don't want any more kids. But um, it just doesn't seem like it works that well either. So it was like, well, what's the point? You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have an unexpected, you know, baby. So, nah. Well, that's a great man. That's that's a that's a that's a great blessing. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad. It, I'm glad everything ended up all right in the end. Yeah, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, um, what's the new plans? You got another addition to the family? You uh, plan on moving or staying there? Yeah. Or- so we're actually moving out of our apartment um, next month. So we're going to start the moving process next month. Um, we're going to we're going to move back into my mom's house while we look for a house of our own, because right now we live in a thousand square foot apartment, two bedroom, two bathroom. It's five people here. My mm-hmm. wife, me, the kids, it's five people here at this point. It's too small. So we got to right. find something bigger. So. And on top of that, we're, we're tired of paying rent. We lived here for three years. So that's, you know, that's money down the drain. Mm-hmm. So looking for a house. And um, so we're hoping to find that this year. And yeah, man, that's 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 the beginning of our happy family story. So. OK. So, yeah, so that's the plan. I hope there's some silver lining out of all this pandemic stuff and prices get back to normal. I hope so, or, too, because I know there was a zero percent interest rate at, at for a time. And that was like really good to have, like when the pandemic first hit. But it's, it seems like things are going back to normal a little bit. Yeah, well, you know, the the housing market kind of blew up, you know, like, I mean, yeah. houses were overpriced. Um, so uh, from the research that we've done, we haven't done any recent research, but the research that we did a few months ago, you know, interest rates seem to have been coming down a little bit in the house the um prices of houses started to come down too so we have to look into all that stuff again um as we move into my mom's house but um you know we have a real estate um uh agent who's who's going to help us so we're we're optimistic yeah because you know it's like at some point it has to go back down if people can't afford houses how are houses going to get sold you know what i'm saying exactly yeah, this is coming from someone that works in the mortgage industry. I mean, it's common sense. It's like if, you're, if your prices are too are up, if your prices are too high, something has to give at some point because you're not going to get any business. Yep, exactly. Um, it's the same thing with, you know, kind of a weird analogy, but uh, cable. Cable was raising cable bills too high. People were like, man this is too much. I might as well just, just take just Wi-Fi by itself. And then people, you know, kind of learn to watch TV their own way through different means without needing cable. And now cable's mm-hmm. the one screwed. That's why I get something in the mail every day from, um, from, uh, my service provider saying, Hey, if you love your cable in with your internet, you get this price discount. But you know what, <laughs> what they don't, what they tell you in the fine, in the small fine print is after 12 months, it goes up, it goes up to being high. Exactly. It's just like, well, you know what? I'd rather watch my stuff on Netflix, right? Hulu, whatever it is, you know. So, yeah. So well, that's that's great, man. Um, I did something. Uh, I crossed something off my bucket list. Uh, I uh finally went to Sundance. 
Oh, snap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you you told me about that. How was that? Because that had to have been, you know, that had to have been an epic event. I mean, I know it was virtually, but it still had to be great to see some films. So tell me so, about it. Yeah, man, it was it was a it was it was terrific. It was a great experience. So the way it goes is um you can you create a free account on Sundance dot on, on the Sundancefestival.com, that that website. Mm-hmm. And um the way it went, I think it was like three weeks. So here let me tell you the whole story. So about a month out in advance, they had like they had like t- ticket packages on sale for like one day only. Um, and then after that, about three weeks later, closer to uh, the date itself, you can get single tickets. So when the pack, when the ticket packages went on sale, I got a few, I got a few movies for one day and said, all right, I still got some money left over. I might get some single tickets later for other movies. So I had that one day. Uh, the Transformer Omicron touchdown. And mm-hmm. um, initially Sundance was both in person and online. Meaning you yeah. can you can experience it online, but people can still go to Utah in person to see movies. So when Omicron hit, they said, all right, y'all, for the safety of everyone um, uh, that will be showing up here, we're moving everything online. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it, nothing. The only thing that changed for me is that the movies I wanted got pushed to another day. So I had to rearrange my uh, supposed schedule. Um, but for the people that was going to show up in Utah, I kind of felt sad for them because some of them kind of reserved some places, maybe yeah. some hotels that they probably couldn't get a full refund on. So there was some controversy with that. But uh, long story short, um, I got all my tickets, got some of my single tickets when they went on sale. So um, they have this app where you can watch movies on your phone or on your Roku, Fire Stick, whatever you have, uh, Apple TV. And um, or you can look at them on the Internet through the website. So I got an app where I watch some movies uh, through there. And um, I'll be real, man. Some of the days where I had tickets, it felt like they gave me it felt like they slid. It felt like they like mistakenly gave me some free movies. Because hmm. like when I was done watching the movies, I was <laughs> like I ordered. There were still some other movies in there for a short amount of time. So I got to see some others, too. But um yeah, man. Great experience, dude. Uh, I, you know, I kept explaining this to my girl. She was like, so what are these like movies that like are coming are, are coming out in a month or something? I'm like, no, 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 no. This is a festival. So like some of them are looking for dis- distribution. Some of them already have distribution. They might be coming out like six, like like six months or or sometime from now. She says, oh, OK, so so they are coming to the movies eventually. Why not just wait? I'm like, you don't you don't get it like <laughs> you know what i'm saying like she's not a she's yeah. not a cinephile like me like yeah but um yeah man so what do, what do you want to know like you want to know like the best of the best i've seen or yeah man that's 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 what i want to know what you know uh i want to ask what your favorite movie that you saw was but i mean if you have like a top five or something that that might be more helpful you know because i mean sundance gives you an inside look as to what's going to come out in the next six months to a year, you know? So, right. I, I'll say this, man. Top, I got a top five, but the best numero uno movie I saw on all of Sundance, I'm telling you to look out for this movie right now. It's called God's Country. And it has, hmm. it has Tandy Newton from, um, I'm sorry, I think her name is pronounced Tandy Newton from, uh, 
from Westworld. You know her if you saw her. You know who Tandy Newton is, right? Black um, British, black British actress. Yep, yep. Uh yeah, she's uh skinny, right? Yeah, yeah, she's skinny. Um yeah, I know her. Yep. Dude, terrific film, man. If I, let me um let me tell you what it's about. So it's about this woman. She lives in like the uh it's not Alaska, but it's like it's like the up north um woodsy area where uh there's a lot of landscape, a lot of snowy mountains. You know, it's kind of a cold, wintry town. And mm-hmm. you know, houses and, and like land is like spread out. Um, so this woman, she's a professor. Uh she just lost her mom and she lives alone in the woods. So one day there's these uh hunters. Uh, these deer hunters, they uh, they park in her driveway to go hunt. And she says to them, he approaches them like, hey, could you not park in my driveway? Now, mind you, she's one of the few, if not maybe the only black woman that lives in this entire town. Um, so these hunters, you know, um, one of them comes off as, look, it's not that big of a deal. Like, you know, we're just hunting. The other one comes off as kind of like uh, aggressive. And... Um, Long story short, there starts to be a little bit of tension between her and these two hunters. In addition to that, um, the school where she works at, she's trying to fight to get um, more professors of color into the uh, administration. Um, so the film is so is such a layered character drama because um, it deals with like 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 racist microaggressions. It deals with like sexism too. Um, it, it deals with injustice. And it's just it's just a great character drama because as the film unfolds, we start to learn more about her character as well and her past before she moved to that, <coughs> before she moved to the mountains. And yeah, man, this movie, I this is a straight up five out of five. Like this this uh it kept me interested the whole time. It's never a slow movie. Like even in even in the talky moments, there's still a lot to take in. The cinematography is gorgeous, especially when it takes in the whole landscape of the mountains. Tandy Newton probably gives the best performance out of all the films I saw at Sundance. And uh the ending is jaw-dropping, dog. Like it's 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 a it's a perfect movie. Mm. That sounds that sounds interesting. It's a West. Um, it's pretty much a Western. If you if you take yeah. in like it, it, it checks off all the notches of like the the lone protagonist, um, the mountains, the it just it's a great Western, man. I, I would suggest it. Mm, interesting. Um, I you know I like a good film that has a twist. Um, and that's what. That's what this sounds like it has at, at the end. It's not necessarily a twist, but um, like I said, there are layers to her character that you learn mm-hmm. more about as the movie goes on. And that adds more and it definitely adds a lot to what happens in the end. So, yeah, yeah I, I, just see it. That's all I got to <laughs> okay. say. Like, just see it. Um, great movie. Uh, all right. So going off. I gotta say, number two threw me for a loop because of, uh, I guess, how dark and how funny it was. So, my probably probably my second favorite movie at the festival was Fresh, and uh, Fresh. this is a movie with uh, Sebastian Stan. 
So so Bucky from the MCU. Wasn't there wasn't there another movie that came out a few a few years ago called Fresh? I swear I it was. I remember an old movie called Fresh that involved a, a kid in the hood and Samuel Jackson and Chess. Oh, um, maybe it's that one. I don't know. I, I thought there was an, another more recent one, you know, within like the last 10 years or so that came out. That was called Fresh, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um, but anyway, Fresh is about this woman. Uh, she's, she's had some failed dates on the dating app. You can call it like a, t- a Tinder app or whatever. Um, it's Tinder, but it's not Tinder. So finally she meets this guy, you know, Bucky. Sebastian Stan's character. Mm-hmm. And um, he turns out to be a nice guy. You know what I mean? He invites her out for um, a night at his cabin. Uh, long story short, turns out that uh, he has like some sinister things, uh, um, some sinister plans at hand for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to reveal too much about what the twist of the story is, but from there, it's just a great like cat and mouse game. Uh, the tension is racketed very well. It's a great script. Um, Sebastian Stan plays a great villain. Like you could tell he's having fun with the character. He's really like, it's really, it's really a great role for him. So he doesn't get typecasted as a Bucky for the rest of his career. He <laughs> is, right. yeah, it's a great unique role for him. The lead actress is pretty great too. Um, I don't have her name in front of me right now, but, uh, yeah, man. Well done film. Well directed. Uh, dark, funny thriller. I would recommend that. It was a fun time. Like I could tell like that movie is going to be like a promising young woman kind of. Mm, it kind of uh-huh. had that. It had that feel to it. Nice. Yeah. Okay, and it, that's sounds like a good n- number two. Yeah. Number three. I don't know if it's a number three. Like I maybe number. No, 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 no. That's a number four. Number three would probably be um, Resurrection Dude. Now, this movie is weird, but it's weird in a good way. It has um, Rebecca Hall, who you probably know her from the town. She was like the love interest in the town. Yep. Yep. I yeah. remember her. Yeah. So Re- Resurrection is about a woman. She works at this uh, biotech company, a uh, single mother. Her daughter's uh, in her last year of high school, about to go off to college. She runs into a guy from her past. And uh, again, it's one of those movies I can't really give too much away. But there was something that went on with this guy in her past that has traumatized her ever since. It's kind of made her stronger because she she felt she's 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 always believed she's eluded this guy and like got rid of him. Uh, But when he comes back, the, the secrets of her past start to come back, too. Again, another great character drama like God's Country. Um, it leans more on the psychological horror side. That's why I think this is really a great film for you. I think you would really mm-hmm. like Resurrection. Um, the title has a dark meaning to it as the film unfolds uh, and, and um, unfolds towards the end. It's a nice, dark psychological drama. Rebecca Hall gives a great performance. She knows how to play a person that's like really unhinged, but trying her best to keep control of the situation. And the film is like so unpredictable. You really don't know where it's going to go. That's why I love about it so much. Like it doesn't rely on like jump scares. It relies on psychological scares. And I feel like that's it's a very it was a much more clever film 
that it uh that it was directed that way yeah yeah so i would recommend i give that a okay fresh i give a four uh resurrection Resurrection is between a four and a four point five. I gotta watch it again to know how I know how it felt because I was kind of like half sleep, but I watched the whole thing. Um, but between four and four point five, it's a very good movie. Um, okay. All right, yeah. well, that's that's a good score too, man. I'm 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 loving these scores. I'm, oh it's, yeah, man. It seems like it was a good year. Um, yeah, I guess I assume so. You know, um, it was my first year, and uh, these movies, I was very careful about the movies I picked I said okay these has to be movies I know I'm watching because I want to watch them not because I want to watch something that's independent just to say hey I saw it I said no I want to know what the plot line is and if the plot line seems okay to me you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying um number four is like uh I think it's coming out at the end of this month it's like a documentary series on Bill Cosby it's coming okay. out on a uh, Showtime W Kamal Bell who has a show on CNN called the United Shades of America. Uh, he's like a political comedian and stuff like that. He directed it. So the mini series is four episodes. So it basically traces the whole career of Bill Cosby from like a beginning comedian. You know, he wanted to be the next Dick Gregory. He was inspired by Dick Gregory to like going into his own style, his own signature blend of clean comedy. And, uh, you know, through the rise of being on I Spy to the Cosby show, one of the biggest sitcoms of all time, to having this like stature of like America's uh, uh, favorite um, televisions, uh, America's favorite dad, I guess is what you would call him. I guess is what you would call the Cliff Huxtable character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it talks about all that while juxtaposing that story with um the accusers and um them telling their side a story of like which point in Cosby's career did, did he you know assault them and stuff like that and um there's a lot of talking heads like uh Jamel Hill um who's that guy that's always on CNN um black dude uh Mark Lamont Hill Michael J White Godfrey um, there's a lot of talking heads in between it. They're uh, speaking with about their opinions on Cosby and the whole thing. And the, the documentary, the question is in the title, like, like, um, uh, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. We need to talk about Cosby. Like it's time to talk about Cosby's legacy in conjunction with, um, the alleged monster behind the scenes we made, we knew nothing about or, or, you know, didn't even know existed. Um, the film takes a stance that it believes the accusers it the film takes that stance uh but it also it, it's not i don't want to say it's a damning film a damning film of cosby because it does look at what he has done for black people it does look at the symbol of black excellence that cosby put forth with the cosby show with bringing mm-hmm. a successful black family to television that wasn't poor like good times didn't always have the man on their back the man's foot on their neck always held back like any other black sitcom of the time what's happening and stuff like that these were black people on the come up and successful mm-hmm. and you know that did something you know when i saw the cosby show that made me want to go to college i was probably already going to go but that solidified in me that in a different world uh those kind of solidified in me like you know black people can go to college and succeed you know what i mean yeah it's not some yeah. far away dream um, mm-hmm. 
so yeah, that <clears throat> the the series is pretty good. Um, I wouldn't put it up there with OJ Made in America. I feel like that's the best documentary doc, docu series of all time, in my opinion. But um, I feel like the series is good. It's effective. You know, it um it takes a look at Bill Cosby and his tarnished legacy and things of that nature. It um a lot of people have different takes and stuff. Well, no, no, everyone that was pretty much interviewed is all on the same same opinion of Bill Cosby. Um, I would have liked to see them interview Cosby himself, being that while the documentary was being filmed, Cosby was released from mm. prison. Um, I would have liked to know what would have happened if they did reach out to him personally. I know the director spoke on it like, well, you know, we know how Cosby felt about the whole thing through his interviews. And, you know, we figured there's no point reaching out to him. I'm like, I think that would have made it a little bit more interesting if we got to hear Cosby himself talk about the whole ordeal. But Hey, I'm not the director. Uh, I think that could, it's be cool. a, that could be that could be good or bad. It could it, be. You know? it, it depends on how you put it together. Yeah. Um, I give it a three point five. It's a it's a pretty solid uh, doc docu series. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. So so what? So so that was number four. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Number five. Number five. I'm I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Cosby as a sideways four. Um, I think the real number four for me was uh, so four and five are two movies with Regina Hall. Okay. All right. So one movie is a is a horror film called um, called Master. So it deals with like I want to say three characters, but two characters in Master. So there's Regina Hall's character. She has just been made the dean at this uh, prestigious college that's like mostly all white, like it's like rarely any black people there. She's okay. just been made uh, the master dean, I guess you can, I guess was her uh, her title. And uh, you know she she settles into her role, but she still deals with like the microaggressions of racism on campus. And then mm-hmm. it's a campus where um, a woman was burned a long time ago for being accused of, of being a witch. So that's where the horror element oh, comes boy. in. Yes. Yeah. That's where the horror element comes in, too, because there's like spirits and stuff at the school. So it follows her and it follows a young girl, a young uh, black college student. Um, she comes into the co- she comes into a dorm room and the dorm room is cursed because in that dorm room, one of the former students who were there committed suicide. And, you know, she starts to see visions of a, of, of, um, of, of, of a witch and things of that nature. And she starts to deal with her own sense of racism and stuff like that. So it's really, it's a very deep movie, especially when it gets towards the end and it kind of spells out its thesis statement. It's really about, you know, the horrors of the past catching up and realizing they were never gone. Like the past is never really gone. It's just like hidden. And uh, I, I, I guess the third character is worth mentioning too, but she's kind of in the background. But um, third character is a professor, uh, black female professor who is about to, you know, be under um, review for her tenure. But a student has given her a, um, given her a dispute for a grade a, a, a student has given her a dispute for a grade for a bad grade she gave her and um 
there's something about her past too that comes to question towards the end but uh it's really a good movie man um i would suggest it when it comes out you check it out i would give it a that's a solid four out of five too okay but um number not five, bad for for pick number four four out of five it, you know kind of relates to the countdown too so four out of five <laughs> right 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 um number five is uh so number five is a great comedy so it has regina hall in it and it has a uh, sterling k brown from this is us i don't know if you watch that show mm -mm, i never watched it. i've heard of it but never watched it I don't, I don't even know what it's about okay it's a good show you know him <laughs> if you saw him though he was in uh he was in waves did you see waves i didn't see waves uh who's he oh. again the actor sterling k brown he was yeah. in the oj Simpson i recognize show. him I recognize okay him. Yeah, yeah. all right so um the fifth one is called um honk for jesus save your soul so it's a great mockumentary so it's about these uh it's about this um this pastor and deacon couple they recently um they recently uh just went through a scandal before the scandal hit they were like uh on top of the church game like they were like the most well-known uh he was the most well-known preacher in his city. I think it's Atlanta, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, where they're at. But uh, he was basically a well-known preacher. Then um, he went through a scandal. So him and his wife kind of like, um, they lost a lot of people in their congregation. Um, they shut the church down for a while. And now they, they uh, got this documentary crew to film them for their big comeback, for opening back mm -hmm. up the church. Okay. Um, the movie's really funny because it makes fun of like you know pastors who are like you know swindlers you know mm -hmm. they preach they preach the book but they show off their uh their jewelry and cars and all that stuff their cars their their philanderers and stuff like that like the movie is really funny it knows what it's doing because it's so the, the social commentary is so spot on and um one thing i like about this movie is that it takes you for a surprise as it goes on, you know, you start to you start to reveal underlying layers of these like would be superficial characters because you start to think the pastor's superficial, his wife, the deacon is superficial, but there's like layers to these characters, you know what I mean? And the film kind of shrewdly shows that to you as it goes on. So long story short, uh, they're trying to prep for their big comeback you know they're getting ready and uh trying to get a new congregation to come back and uh you know as it goes on you start to learn the details of the scandal and why people kind of left the congregation which is kind of it kind of gets darker too as it goes on but um there's this competing younger uh pastor and deacon who've um, who've opened a smaller church nearby and now they have they they have their congregation most of their congregation have come to their church Mm -hmm. So it comes down to they're about to open back up on Easter and this newer, smaller church is about to open back up on Easter, too. So they're <laughs> trying to figure out what they're going to do in order to get in order to get their congregation back. Yeah. yeah, man, it's it's a really well done comedy, dude. Um, but it's also it also has some pretty great character drama to it, too. Like Regina Hall does very well in the role. You know, she plays a woman that. um you know she feels like as like it's the good christian thing to stand by your husband 
through anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but she also misses like being like the deacon. She misses like being on a pedestal. But um, she she's also conflicted because it's like, you know, I don't know how how much for, how much long I can do this because like mm-hmm. there are antics to get people back into the congregation. Uh, it they, it gets very very uh, comical at times. And um, almost to a point where you're laughing, but you're also feeling sad for the wife as to how far they're willing to go to get people to come back to the church. Yeah. Sterling K. Brown really does well as, um, you know, on on the surface, you probably think he's superficial and stuff like that. But then he starts to show signs of himself about, you know, regrets he has, especially during especially considering the scandal and stuff. And, um, you know, just like how, you know, he probably doesn't believe the stuff he's preaching um because he he's not living what he's preaching yeah it's it's a good movie man i would say that's a i would say that's a strong four out of five honk for jesus save your soul yeah i think honk. i think that <laughs> honk for jesus save your soul all right that's gonna be that's, that movie's gonna be big when it comes out i can tell <laughs> yeah yeah i mean just by the title itself there's gonna be a lot of um a lot of Christians that show up to see that. And if you got the approval of Christians, um, man, that's a big market. That's a huge market. I would say it like this. Imagine a Tyler Perry satire, but a bit more hard hitting. Mm. Like not mm. not so goofy, like a like a bit more hard hitting. And it's okay. drama. Okay. Yeah, it's um it's well done, man. <laughs> Performances was was uh was was well done. I feel like these two movies, Master and uh Honk for Jesus, will probably uh bring Regina Hall to Regina King level as far as like mm, accolades really? and stuff like that. Yeah, man. Because well, wow. um that's a big know, thing to say. She's really showing her acting range. Like she was already kind of doing this before these movies came along. I think there was one movie. I forgot what it was called. I think it was called Save the Cheerleaders or something where everybody kind of applauded her performance. It was kind of an independent film. I feel like mm-hmm. she's on her on her way to like being considered um, like uh, being treated uh, more seriously as an act- actor. OK. All right. Well, you know, go Regina Hall. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing more of her because I, I feel like I feel like we haven't seen her a lot recently. Yeah, I mean, well, no, I, she's been around, um, you know, think like a man wanting to win the I mean, yeah, but that's, that's kind of that's kind of that's an older film now. Ain't it? The I second mean, one's kind of old. I thought that was recent. I don't know. I'm oh, tapped out. 2014, um, man. And when the bowl breaks and uh, well, she's been in a few other stuff, too, a few independent stuff. But I've I, you know, I've, I've noticed her. Um, okay. But I, I hear what you're saying. But uh. Yeah, I think these two movies, uh, they, they bring really great performances out of her. Okay, good, good. Yeah. I'm not um, going to lie. Com- comedies usually aren't really like my first go-to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if, if I if I ever have time, which <laughs> it might be a while before I actually have some time again to, you know, just be bored. But um, I'll get around to it eventually. I want to give you an honorable mention. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a movie coming out with John Boyega, um, the black dude from Star Wars, the, the okay. latest ones. Uh, very good movie. Uh, it's called 892. So John Boyega plays a uh, he plays a war veteran who um, he decides to rob a Wells Fargo bank 
in order to mm-hmm. get the attention of uh, the VA, the Veteran Affairs, um, mm-hmm. because they've uh, they have not paid him the VA benefits that he has been due. Mm-hmm. So he's robbing the bank to make a point. So the whole film was about like, you know, how is this going to end? Is he going to get shot? Is he, uh, you know, going to like, like blow the place up because he has a bomb on him? Like, uh, what, what is what's going to happen here? The movie kind of like feels like like John Q, mm-hmm. that movie with Denzel Washington. Um, and it has like the same kind of tension as that movie, too. If, if the tension plays very well, uh, Michael K. Williams, rest in peace. I think this was his last film um he he's in this movie and uh nicole berry um from like the sleepy hollow show season this she was also in haunt for jesus too but uh yeah man this film this film plays really well with the tension bro uh i would recommend it i think it's a solid four out of five and it's based on a true story which makes but which which also is pretty sad when you talk about um real life uh stories of veterans not being able to get their uh decent compensation and mm-hmm. they 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 practically gave their life for this country yeah yeah um okay yeah R- rest in peace michael k williams uh you know i feel like you know he was definitely one of those actors that should have gotten more shine uh you know mm-hmm. he, he was in a lot of he was in a lot of movies man a lot yeah. And he um, nailed everything he was in. He always yeah. nailed it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, rest in peace to him. Um, and if this is one of the last films that he's in, I mean, this is in. This is fortunate, but it's also unfortunate. I feel like any movie that he's in, any movie that comes out, mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna do really well because it's one of the last few movies that he's in. So I mean it's it's a fortunate thing, but at the same time it's unfortunate because he's no longer here. Right, right. He so. does he does really well in the role he's in. You know, it kind of makes you sad and makes you like you know uh, miss him more too. Watching him mm. in it, yeah. Um, it's how a lot of people felt when they finally saw Ma Rainey's Black Bottom with Chadwick Boseman. Dude, I gotta finish that, man. I gotta finish that. Film. I started watching it and then I I couldn't finish it. I, I saw. I, I, I had something to do, so. I saw it for the first time over Thanksgiving, I think. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, no, Christmas. It was over Christmas. Yeah, okay. man. Good movie, man. Like Chadwick Boseman was amazing in it. Yeah. yeah um, that one. That's pretty much it. Um, one movie that was, I wanted it to be so much better than what it was, but it was kind of disappointing. I don't want to rag on it before it comes out. I'll, I'll say this. Um, there's a movie called Alice with uh, Kiki Palmer in, in common. Mm-hmm. Now, Kiki Palmer does great. Like, she gives a great performance. Uh, common does pretty well. Uh, common was Common. You know, <laughs> right, com- right. Common, common is always solid on screen, um, and he's always kind of, like, neutral. So he, he yeah. was cool. Uh, but it, it deals with a woman who escapes a slave plantation, and uh, when she walks off the plantation, she realizes it's 1973. So this whole time she's like grew up on the plantation and didn't even know the world around her was in modern times. Wow. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So is this like kind of like a time travel movie? Or oh, is this no. kind of this, this is like like this, slavery in modern day? Slavery in modern day. Like she's she she she's raised up as a slave 
And when she escapes the plantation, she realizes it's 1973 and slaves are free. Um, so like that's the that's the premise of the plot. The only thing is the movie takes a sweet time to get to that point, uh, which like I want to say 30 or 40 minutes have passed. And like the whole time we've been on the plantation and leading up to her escape, um, that becomes a very dreary 40 minutes. Like I understand, I understand like slavery was not a, wasn't a, it wasn't a piece of cake for us. Uh, but like the story really does drag when she's on the plantation and you're kind of like wondering like, okay, where is this going? You know, mm. um, when she finally does escape, the story picks up a little bit, but then it gets a little slow again. Like it, it, it's a classic independent film and not in the right ways. Like the, the pacing is a little bit off. The plot is, the plot is really stretched to its limit when it could be cut down some. But um, overall, I give it a, I give it, I don't know if I can give it a three, may, maybe a 2.8 out of five. But I would say it, that could just be my opinion. You might think something different from, from me. Um, you might like it differently. But uh, I would say if you are going to watch it, watch it for Kiki Palmer's performance because she really does well. I'm not going to lie. So these days, slave movies, I'm really not a fan of them because I feel like there have been so many and I feel like so many people have like profited off of the trope of, oh, it's a slave movie. This is kind of like history. This is, you know, what happened um, besides Nat, Nat Turner's. Yeah, that one story, was necessary. A lot of people didn't was, know about him. That was absolutely necessary. And, and it was a different take. It was actually, you know, slaves fighting back. So right. I was willing to watch that one. But I think that was that might have been the last slave movie I saw. And that came out, what, what was that, 2016 uh, or something like that? <clears throat> Somewhere around there, yeah. So, yeah. Dude, I would say, as far as that goes, you should check out his, his latest film, American Skin. Yeah, oh, yeah, I forgot about that, man. Um, yeah, so I meant to check that one out. Very good movie, man. Very good movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have to check th that one out, too, because I was on the list and then too many things came out <laughs> and I got distracted. I hear you. I hear you. Um, all right. So uh, I think that pretty much does it, man. You got any film tips for the uh, for the audience? Um, film tips, film tips. Um, to be honest, I'm, I'm dry. I don't, I don't have any film tips this time. So, um, you know, maybe on the next one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tips. All right, y'all. Well, uh, we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, thank you for uh, hanging with us. This has been another episode of the vault. Y'all take care. Peace.